What's up, Rad Dads? Welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads Podcast, hosted by none other than the two raddest dads on the East Coast. And we are in studio tonight. They love us. They love us, Rob. How you doing, Rob? Pretty good, Sal. How about yourself? Oh, it's been a week, my friend. It's been one hell of a week, and it's only Monday. It's not fucking Monday, <laughs> is it? Now you're messing with me. No, it's Wednesday day. It's, wait, well, hey, look, it's hump day. Today hump day. is hump day. And there has some shit been going on in the world. Would you like to elaborate? Ah, just a whole bunch of shit, man. Chinese spy balloon traverses across the entire United States before it shot down over the water in South Carolina. Um, the freaking chemical spill in Ohio. Derailment. Crazy. Whole lot of craziness. This is true. This is true. Everybody blaming everyone. Of, of not doing their job or... I blame Sal Minervini. No one listened, though. You can blame me. A big shoulders. So, Sal, what are we talking about tonight besides your conspiracy theories? <laughs> Hold on. Let me take my tinfoil hat off. <laughs> oh, not not so many conspiracy theories. A lot, a lot of those uh, conspiracy theories... Uh, that were uh, supposedly conspiracy theories six six to twelve months ago, um, are are coming true. No, no, but we can agree <laughs> to disagree. Uh, so uh, tonight's topic, I think, is a, a really important topic uh, because we polled all the fathers out there, and one of the uh, number one questions uh, from fathers is. How do I build a stronger bond with my child or children? I mean, that, that, that is important. I think it's very important. I mean, when I think back to my childhood, I don't remember anything specific per se, but I do have a very strong relationship with my father and my brother, and I think it has a lot to do with how we were raised and how much time we spent together as a family, what we did. Um, how about you? So, so my bonding time with my father was whenever he was fixing something, I was there watching, making mental notes on what he was doing, what he, you know, what tools, exact tools he was using, what tools did what. So yeah, it was, uh, that, that was my bonding moment with, with my father. We, my father wasn't into sports, um, so it was more like fixing things. That explains a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yes, it does, my friend. Yes, it does. So, I mean, with my father, it was a lot of sports. We did sports from the time we were little kids, and that's what we really, me and my brother both are very big into sports. We both love sports. Um, but, I mean, that that is that is one aspect or, or one item of bonding between you and your father. You, you both, I mean, you got the, the love of sports from your father. So, like like you say, on, on Thanksgiving Day, after turkey, you know, later on, you were, or before, during Thanksgiving, you guys sit down on the couch and have turkey sandwiches and watch football. Oh, man, all day is yeah, watching football. So, I mean, now, that, that, that's huge. Now, with these days where the NFL puts on like three, it used to be two games when we were growing up. 
now it's three games, I believe, because they do like um like an early game. Of, like it used to just be, you probably don't remember this, but it used to just be Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys. No, I have no idea. Yeah, so now they've I, added a third game that is whatever, whoever. What, so how did they go about picking the two teams that? I don't know. It's, it's always been that way. I'm sure there's a story behind it, but it's always been that way since I was a kid. I never really looked into why. I just knew that the Giants would play probably every fourth year or so because the Dallas is in their division. I don't ever recall watching sports on Thanksgiving. We used to watch sports. So this is how how deep we're into sports. We used to watch sports on uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day because basketball is on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And then some years, because of where it falls, every six years or seven years, it would be football too because it's going to fall on a, on a Sunday. So we watched I mean, we, I remember one holiday, I don't remember if it was Christmas Eve or, or Christmas Day, we were watching the Knicks play, we were with my uncles, and my uncles were really big Knicks fans, so, yeah, it's it's, it's always sport, been a thing. Big sports family. Definitely. I mean, with me and my kids, it's different, though, right? My kids aren't, aren't that big into sports, they like soccer, but they're not into, you know, they're not into football like I was, they're not into baseball like I was, or... My kids are kind of getting into basketball, which is cool because I think basketball is one of those, and I tell my oldest this, basketball is one of those things that you can play it your whole life. I mean, you know, like two weeks ago, I went and played with a whole bunch of adults, <laughs> three, five, and overs. But that's one of those skills that you just can continuously use, though by like the 20th minute, I was thought I was going to die. <laughs> my arms wouldn't raise as high as they normally did. My legs wouldn't go. I was like, wait, I'm jumping. Why am I only going an inch? <laughs> but it, it's one of those things. It's, it's, a, it's a lifelong skill. You can always like go to a pickup basketball game. No matter how much you suck, you run, you pass, you, you drive the basket. It so doesn't he, matter. He, here's a question for you, and this is how much I know about sports. How long are basketball games typically? Si- uh, 60 minutes, I believe. Are they 15 minute quarters? So there's four quarters. There's definitely four quarters. I don't know the exact timing. So what other ways can, can dads bond with their, with their children, Rob? So I think one of the key things with bonding is spending quality time together. So it doesn't have to be sports, but it's really spending time with your child uh, in the most effective ways to build a strong bond. So with my kids, it's um, it can be (laughs) whatever, watching cartoons, um, you know, playing video games, playing board games, Nerf Wars, Nerf, Jesus, Nerf Wars, um, going for a walk, even cooking a meal together. So my youngest always shows interest in the kitchen. So, you know, even if he's just helping me flip a pancake or flip a egg, like he just likes to be there. So hold on, who made the batter? Not me, (laughs) my wife. (laughs) I mean, I could, it's followed the directions, but yeah, no, it's my wife. Oh, I made dinner bad. tonight, you know? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you, do you go on this whole dinner thing? What, what did you make? Peanut, I, peanut butter and so jelly? So you want to hear the funniest part? <laughs> so my wife said I made dinner. And I said, no, I didn't. I heated up leftovers <laughs> and, cleaned those, and cleaned the romaine, le- like the lettuce. Like it wasn't, he- it wasn't making dinner. But hold on, Sal. So go, like, I don't want to go off on a tangent because I think this is a very, very good topic. Other, some other things I think that are really important is showing your child's affection through hugs kisses cuddles and one of the things that when i was looking up you know ways to develop a strong bond is you know physical touch is a powerful way to communicate love and affection with your child not in a fucking creepy way but in a way that your kids will always remember you know you're when when i remember like wet willies or noogies 
I mean, I do that to my kids, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, one of the things is like you think back and the safest time you ever think about it is when you're going into your father's like embrace as a, as a small child. Yeah. That's what you want your kids to remember. Your mom giving you a big hug when you come home from school. So those are the things that really resonate. And I think as dad, sometimes you forget back. But as I was doing research for this, I was like, oh man, like that's true. Like those hugs, those kisses, those you know, just, you know, mom coming up and being like, Hey, it's okay. You'll get them next time. Like that. Those are things you always remember. And that those reassurances and, and affection your parents show is really, really important. So either the kiss before you leave work for work in the morning, uh, the kiss on the forehead before they go to bed at nighttime, uh, tucking them in, tucking them in at night. Uh, but what, what you said, spending that quality time with them. So that means put that phone down and actually have a one-on-one conversation or, be there and, and attentively listen to what they're saying. Don't just hear what they're saying. You got to listen to what they're saying because there's times where, where uh, I'm going to be honest, where, where my daughter's talking and I, I sometimes fade off and I start thinking about other things. And, and then, you know, she's like, dad, so, so what do you think? It's like, shit. <laughs> Wasn't paying attention. No, no, but you got to really be there and, and, you know, it, it's those it's those little moments that that stick with them uh, that they remember. So, interesting enough, another thing that really for for growing uh, the bond between the parents and the children is listening, listening to your child when they speak and show that, and show them that you value their thoughts and their opinions. And I think as small children, sometimes you like tune them out and you're like, "Fuck!" Like this kid doesn't shut the fuck up. But as they go into adolescence, right, as they become a teenager and as they start. That's Rob's inner voice. That is my inner <laughs> voice. But, you know, it, listen, when your kids go from not talking to talking a little bit and then they just nonstop talk and you have like nonstop talk. <laughs> it's true. All parents know it. The first one's usually the worst. But I will tell you, when you have a child who is speech delayed, all you're wanting to hear is them talk. Oh yeah. So, you know, when my youngest didn't speak until he was four, I think. And you know, all we wanted to do was hear him speak. So finally when he did speak and he wouldn't be quiet, like it was great, but it honestly, like you go from like the children not really speaking to speaking and listen, there's people, there's plenty of children who have, you know, have challenges speaking and, and for the parents, it's, you know, be thankful that your children are able to speak and are able to, you know, communicate effectively with you. And one of those things is, is making sure they feel, they feel heard and respected by their parents. And one of the items that uh, Danny Brazell brought up um, last episode was reading books. He, he and his kids, they constantly read books together, which I think is phenomenal. I, I wish that, I could do that with my kids, read books together. But I can tell you that some of the tips that he gave me, gave us and our audience, I, I've implemented it, and, and they're working. Found their interest of what they like, and I bought books on, on what they'd like to, what their interests are. Yeah, we read every night, pretty much. Um, I get an argument about bedtimes, especially with the older guy, because his bedtime is very early for his age. Said, I don't care. I said, you're in your room at this time. So eight o'clock, both of them, eight thirty sometimes. 
That's why they're they're like, Mr. Sal's coming over. <laughs> you know what happened? Mr. Sal comes over. Apparently, the bedtime slides it's a little late bit. night. Yeah. <laughs> so, but my point is, and I don't want you to go to bed. My younger guy, eight o'clock, eight thirty, he's out. Older guy, I'm like, I don't, I don't care if you go to bed or not. I want you in your room and I want you reading. Well, I don't want to read. A book doesn't really always do it. And I said, I don't care. That's not my problem. <laughs> you have a, you have a bookshelf full of books. Read something. I don't care if you read for an hour or two. Like that's what helps you put you to bed. And it's really, really is important putting those activity, those routines in place. Cause one of those things is establishing routines that can help your child feel secure and provide them with a sense of stability. And that that's important but in developing that bond. And, and just remember that this takes time. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight. It, it takes time to build this bond. It building trust, um, understanding and, and, and recognizing that, you know, this, this, it's, you got to put effort into it. And, and I've said this before, what you put into this is what ex- is exactly what you're going to get out of it. So if you put zero effort into building that bond with your child, guess what your relationship with your child is going to be once you're older? Garbage. You will not have a relationship. Agreed. So that, that I mean, that's kind of harsh, man. You know, people that don't put put effort into into their children, that's like. I mean, the children I aren't going to put effort into that relationship yeah. either when they get older. Yeah, and be like, "Fuck off." Yeah. I mean, it's listen. I, I think a lot of a lot of the reasons some some people stay close to their parents and others leave is to do is because of how they were raised. Like, think about it. If it, people move away from their parents, they still love their parents, but. You know, sometimes you don't need to be as close with them because of, you know, how they were raised, how much attention they were, they were provided. Like we have travelers at work and it's like, you know, they, they, they pick up and just leave cross, cross country and, 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 you know, live in a different state, you know, (laughs) like I can't, I've thought about leaving the state of New Jersey, but I just can't, you know, I got every day. Uh, did you see that we're ranked one of the highest states in the nation with taxes, property taxes? Dude, absolutely ridiculous. Are you surprised? I mean, let's, let's go on to something that is it. So being present also, be be fully present when you're spending time with your child. Exactly what we were talking about before is put away your phone and distractions and focus on enjoying time with together. And I think that's that's something that comes up in almost every conversation that we have with other people is, are you present when you're with your child? Are you looking at your phone? And one of the things that I try to implement and fully aware that my phone's always on me and always buzzing, but I make my child put their phone away and I put my phone away and I only look at it when it's something that's, that's work related and not necessarily, you know, a Instagram alert or a Facebook alert or an email of my personal email account. It's more, the only time I'll actually pick it up and, and look at it is if it's, you know, whatever, like some news alert that's, you know, we all should be a know. Breaking news. Yeah. We all should know about. Or, Mushroom cloud over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, something that's that's important for work. No, one, one rule I have is no electronics at the dinner table. We sit down at the dinner table and we, we have conversations like a family. We ask each other how everybody's day went. Anything crazy happened at school? And we and most days you get a yes. <laughs> we get We get what they call now the tea. That's what they call it. T. Who calls it that? The kids. 
It's not drama. It's tea. They call it tea. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They were talking tea. We got the tea. It's no longer we got the scoop or we got the drama. We They call it tea. That's that's another episode. Today's today's lingo. What are kids what are the slang terms that kids use today? I can tell you it it is different than when when we were kids. Guaranteed. It's been a minute. Ooh, more than a minute. It's a long minute. <laughs> so I mean the, in 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 summary, um being there listening being present, going to games, um, really be in the moment moment to build that bond with your kid. And building a strong bond with your child is a continuous process. It's going to take time, energy, patience, effort. But you got to be consistent because it's the most important thing. Like you can make millions and millions of dollars. You can make nothing. But, you know, it's really what's important to you and – for Sal and I, and I assume anybody listening to this podcast, your family and your your children are are of the utmost importance. Agreed. So you got a dad lesson, or we haven't done one in a while. Uh, yes. All right, go ahead. Be present. I knew that was I, actually <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. And that brings us to the. Part of the episode where Rob and I get to enjoy lovely, delicious brown juice. Tonight, we are tasting Bullet Bourbon Frontier Whiskey. Um, it, alcohol classification is Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Distillery is Bullet, bullet Distilling, uh, 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume, aged six years. Filtration is undisclosed. I'm trying to fix my um, cheat sheet here. Uh, uh, Mash bill, 68% corn, 28% rye, 4% malted barley. Awards. They have a plethora of awards. San Francisco World Spirits Competition they won the gold medal in 2004, 2007, and 2012. <clears throat> they also won the silver medal, 05, 06, and 2014. Color is copper and color. You agree, Mr. Schultz? Yes. Uh, price point, anywhere between $30 and $60. Stay away from the $60 price point. That guy sold you... That guy made out. You lost. Yeah. <laughs> his his win, your loss. A little history behind uh, Bur- uh, B- Bullet Bourbon. According to Tom Bullet, son of a preacher, great-great-grandson of the original creator, Augustus Bullet, and developer of the modern brand, the first batch of Bullet Bourbon was made around 1830. That's a long ways away or long ways ago. Augustus continued uh, to produce it up until his death in 1860. The current recipe follows the original mash bill produced by Augustus Bullet, which used two-thirds corn, one-third rye. As implemented today, Bullet Bourbon is 68% corn, 28% rye, and 4% malted barley, as I mentioned before. 
Tom Bullet began distilling his version in 1987, characterized by a high rye content and relatively lengthy aging. Aging. Um, Seagram bought Bullet Bourbon in 1997 and began distilling in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. The brand was widely introduced into United States markets in 1999 and to Australia, United Kingdom, and Germany in 2000. Diageo acquired various Seagram's assets, including Bullet Bourbon, which was then produced uh, by its subsidiary, Kieran Brewing Company, at the same Lawrenceburg plant. In March of 2017, Diageo opened a new Bullet Distillery. 300 acres. Damn. Fuck, 300 acres at a price point of $115 million. Facilities located just east, east of Shelbyville, Kentucky. Uh, now moving on to some of the uh, tasting notes. Nose and aroma, vanilla, caramel, and sh- 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 sherry. Cherry, not sherry. Both of which are female names. Or, I guess, nowadays could be a guy's name. <laughs> Uh, tasting notes, sweet at the lips, but immediate. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's playing with the buttons. Uh, tasting notes, uh, sweet at the lips, but immediate uh, transition or impact or burst of pepper. Sweet on the lips. Sweet on the lips. Cherry was sweet on the lips. <laughs> oh, Rob's turning red over there. Uh, finish pepper and oak. Lingers, overall not complex, sweet at first, but then a burst of pepper and oak. Rob, I'm going to rate this. I'm going to give this a six, Rob. Oh, wow. That's higher than I thought you were going to give it. So, uh, tasting notes. Rob still has to taste his third glass. It's my first glass. So, it's uh, a little bit of a sweet sweetness with a pepper pepper, uh, pepper taste. Um as for the finish, a slight burn, I would say. The aroma, and for both of those, I, I really am not overly impressed. The finish is, is, is quite nice. It's, it's not bad, so I'll give it a two. The taste, I just didn't really love the taste. I wasn't in love with it. I'm going to give it um, I'm gonna give it a 1.5, so it gives me a three and a half. And then the aroma, though, there is a cinnamon, maybe? I don't know. There's there's some nice aromas in the dry glass and then and then in the wet glass. So it's it's definitely a nice aroma. Um, I'm gonna give it a two. So that's gonna give me you, you doing the math in public. Five and a half. Five, yep, five so, and a half. So it, it's not my favorite. It's not a bad. You know, it's one of those that you could keep on the shelf for if you like old fashions or you want to do a bourbon and whatever. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say keep it on the shelf for those people who really don't like bourbon, so this is the one you get. <laughs> that too. No, usually, <laughs> funny you say that. Those are the people who get the old dickle. <laughs> you give them the dickle, Rob? Uh, I give them the stuff. Like I have friends who like... like um, The dickle? What was, no, what was the one we didn't like? Uh, old Elk? No, uh, Old Elk, but Stag. Yeah, that one was horrible. Both of those were horrible. So I gave someone the Stag. I was like, take it. <laughs> And the elk, just, just as I gifted it to you, you gifted it to someone yeah, else. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and the stag or the elk was the same. I, di- I didn't like it. Dickel's the same. 
but I know people who enjoy it. Yeah. So I'll, I'd rather, listen, it's just going to sit on my shelf and collect dust. So I'd rather just give it to somebody else so they can drink it. And I'll probably do the same with the dickle. Because when people come over, <laughs> when people come over, it's always like, oh, what do you have? And I'm like, you can well, have the dickle. I'll have, and the best is I'll have whatever you're having. And I'm like, motherfuckers, <laughs> they're on to me. <laughs> I'll have the dickle. <laughs> oh, you got to try this. This is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for a while I kept stuff on. Like, I mean, we, we have a friend who comes here maybe what, three times a year. I'd keep stuff on in stock just cause he would come here and I was like, he pretty much will drink whatever I drink. So why am I even bothering? I'll help you out with the, that. Yeah. Rob. That was nice enough to help me out. Yes. So, Rob, what was your number? Five and a half? Five and a half. 5.5. All right. Well, Rob, I think that concludes our episode for this evening. What do you think? Or we, we can keep babbling on. I think we're good. All righty. Well, ta-ta for now. Good, Rob. All right. Since we had a mild interruption, thank you, listeners. Tune in next time for another episode of the Rad Dads Podcast, where we will have a distinguished guest. 